Welcome to my podcast, Worlds Collide. I'm the host of the show, Victoria Doute, and I talk with my international guests here in the show about the experiences they made in their new country versus their home country. Hi there! So today I talked to Benna from the US and she moved to Madrid in Spain in the middle of the pandemic. So we'll talk about how this was even possible and also a big part of our conversation are visa problems that also kind of related to the pandemic and why this was so stressful for her. Well, I know I can relate to those problems and maybe some other listeners have also made that experience. We also talk about what she misses most, what the biggest differences for her are and also how the Spanish people react to Americans. Here it is, listening. Hi, Benna. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good too. Thank you. So you moved to Madrid from the U.S. Yes. Uh, where in the U.S. were you before? I'm from the Western United States. I'm from Southern Utah. Okay. So like, do you know Zion National Park? I haven't been there, but I, of course, I know it from all the pictures. It looks really beautiful. Yeah, I grew up about half an hour away from there. Okay. Yeah. And you moved to Madrid. Yes. And why did you choose Madrid? So there's a boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's always, uh, it's a very common story. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> But it makes it more interesting. <laughs> well, it is kind of a long and complicated story. So I don't know how much you want to get into that. Um, as much as you want to. So <laughs> we met when we were both on vacation. Um, we were both on a trip to Alaska with friends. And we were staying at the same hostel and we just like really got along and we had a really good time and we stayed in touch. Mm -hmm. um, and then we started traveling together. Yeah. And uh, it was like three or four years. Uh -huh. Yeah, like three, three or four years. And then there was a pandemic. Uh, of course. The pandemic. Um, <laughs> but Spain did this really cool thing where international couples that were separated by the pandemic if one of them was a member of an eu state mm -hmm. they could come to spain to be reunited oh that is nice yeah so we i we had to send a whole bunch of stuff to the spanish embassy in california which is my the consulate in california yeah. um and uh, like to prove that we're in a relationship and that i wasn't just coming for tourism or whatever yeah for sure And then they sent me a letter that was basically like safe passage, like it was a permission to enter, even though the borders were closed. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, I came to visit. <laughs> so you had, um, you have a European citizenship as well? I do not. So that is actually, I came, the idea, it was March of 2021. And the mm -hmm. idea was I was going to come and visit for six or eight weeks and that I had a job lined up. Yeah. Um, that was going to start a couple months. And the longer I was here... That was in the U.S.? Yeah. So the job was actually in Alaska also. Oh, um, okay. So I was doing like some temporary jobs, kind of like traveling around. You know, like I, I did um, a ski resort in Colorado for a while, which was really mm -hmm. 
that was a lot of fun, you know, and then. Yes, it sounds like a yeah. lot of fun traveling around. Sure. And they're like short term jobs for like five months at a time. Mm -hmm. And then they you they generally pay pretty well, especially if you're like a single person with no kids or whatever. Yeah. And then you get like two months off before the next seasonal job starts. Mm -hmm. So uh, I was in between seasonal jobs and I, yeah, I came to visit and the idea was I'd be here for a couple of months and then go on to my next job. But the longer I was here and the more we got comfortable and like used to living with each other, the harder and harder it got to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we decided to move in together. Mm -hmm. Um and that had its challenges because I came here planning on a two-month visit, which means I came with a backpack. Sure. Yes, you didn't have any... Nothing. Any, like, not, not a lot of clothes or anything, right? No, like, I left all of my books, all of my clothes, everything. I didn't have much anyway because I was doing that, that temporary lifestyle. Yeah, sure. But what little I had, I left behind in a box in my brother's garage, so... Okay, I wanted to ask that. Where's all your stuff? What happened to it? <laughs> yeah, my brother's got it in his garage. I've got our brother back home who's just sitting on it. He's going to come and visit me hopefully next year. So And he will bring the box? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Some of it. Maybe. <laughs> I sure hope so. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously most things have replaced by now. Sure, yes. It, you build up a life. So you came to Madrid in the middle of the pandemic. How was that like? Yes. And I mean, what did you expect? <sighs> That's a good question. So things were getting better in Spain mm -hmm. right then um, because vaccination was already in full swing. Right. So his parents were vaccinated like two or three weeks after I got here, I think, like very mm -hmm. shortly. So it was actually a lot better in the sense that in the United States, things were getting worse and worse kind of yeah. at the time. So we we still were supposed to wear masks um, when we were out in public. We still weren't supposed to be meeting in groups of more than like four people, things like that. Mm -hmm. But in general, things were better. And as I was here, they got better and better. So like I had only been here for a couple of months and they lifted almost all of the restrictions. I think the only thing left was wearing a mask on public transportation, things like that. Sure, yes. And it's probably still is. Yeah, actually... We're not even wearing masks on public transportation anymore. That uh -huh, okay. ended a couple months ago. Mm -hmm. So basically, people are living like it never happened. Yeah, yeah, I know that. That feels like here too. Yes, it does feel like it at the moment here yeah. too. Um, so would you say because you came in the pandemic, you didn't have like more of a culture shock because kind of everything was closed? Uh, maybe. That's a very good question. Because, um, I mean, you didn't experience a lot of crowds or nightlife or, I don't know, like anything really. Because everything was still, or like smaller amounts of people. I think that in general, though, that's been my continued experience in Spain. So, like, this is a thing, this is a big difference between Spain and the United States, actually, is in America. I, if I wanted to go to, say I was going to buy paints, I could go to a craft store and it would be a store for paints and also like yeah. yarn and and photography. Like it's a huge store and I could walk in. Yeah, like a Michael's. Yeah, or a Joanne, something like that. And I would go in, go to the paints, pick out what I want, use the self-checkout and leave and never have to acknowledge there was another person in the building. Right. But in Spain, you can't do that. So... Every time you enter a store, you say hello to the shopkeeper. 
and then they ask you what you need and then you have a conversation about what you need and they recommend mm-hmm. things to you or they help you find mm-hmm. exactly what it is you need. Like every single interaction is mm-hmm. a one-on-one thing. Okay. Way more personal. Uh, even in the pandemic. Okay. Yes. Which is another thing that like manners are much more important in Spain. Because in America, again, like if you are used to walking into a store and never acknowledging another person. Right. Like we tend to be quite rude. <laughs> so I would say that I was coming here and having all of these one-on-one conversations with people wearing a mask. So it was a little harder to like understand people just because I can't see their lips move. Sure. And I'm having all these conversations. Maybe I don't know all the vocabulary. Right. Everything's in Spanish now. Yes. It... How was your Spanish before? So I actually studied Spanish at university. Ah, okay. So it wasn't bad. It was good. Well, I mean, there's some culture shock or some differences. I learned Spanish mostly with Mexican Spanish speakers. So like there's some differences. Yes. Yes. Um, the accent is very different. But the language hasn't been too much of a problem for me, fortunately. That's good. Yeah. That's good. I mean, like, even if I go to a store, let's say in Germany, where I'm from, mm. I would rather not have a one-on-one conversation just because it's more convenient not to. Yes. And so, but I imagine, <laughs> like, even doing it in a different language must be a little bit, uh, I don't know, more complicated. Yes. Yes. Just not being used to it, like just not being used to it was very complicated. Like it's, yes. it was just, it's more stressful, but the more I've gotten used to it, the more I like it. Yes. You get used to it. Of course. The more I feel like I'm a part of a community. So. One big problem that we had with the pandemic though, is with the visa. So I decided to stay without getting my visa taken care of beforehand. Uh, okay. Um, and because of the pandemic, most of the offices for everything was down to like bare minimum staff, minimum number, like I'm uh, reducing the number of appointments per day to just the bare minimum. So we were asking. For- Makes longer wait times. Yes. So we were asking for appointments in June and getting those appointments in December, that kind of thing. Oh, Wow. (laughs) So that in particular. Also stressful. Yeah. So was it a problem in the end? Um not really. So so in Spain they have something they call pareja de hecho. And pareja means couple. And de hecho comes from Latin, it's de facto. So it's like not married, but basically it's a legally recognized couple that's not married. So That was actually the thing we asked for the appointment in June and we got the appointment in December. And that was just like the the very first basic, like the first thing that had to be done. Mm -hmm. Um, And in order to do it, we had to like, I had to go to the embassy and get some documents. It was, it was a circus Um, and everything was like, like you can call, but no one's going to answer the phone. You have to send an email and then wait at least, you know, a week before somebody checks the email and they give you an appointment for the next year for a lot of things. It was, it was very frustrating. Drawn out. Yeah. Um, I experienced something very similar here in the pandemic. We had also deal with the, with the embassy, with the German embassy. My daughter didn't have a German passport ah. and we were also thinking about leaving the U.S. at that time. And in Germany, it's not allowed to have a double last name as a child. Really? When you get married and you just pick an additional last name from your husband, let's say, that's fine. But 
you cannot name yeah. your children with a double last name. But we did this here in the United States for our daughter. So we had to do a name change first. Yeah. And with the pandemic and everything, everything took <laughs> over a year. A lot can change in a year. And then by that time, we're like, oh, maybe let's not yeah. move to Germany. It's already like, I don't know, change of mind a year later. Yeah was chaotic but that must have been really frustrating for you were you thinking they're gonna kick you out of the country because of that so when we first decided that I would stay like it was a pretty serious decision to make and I was really worried about it because in the United States in particular I've heard a lot of horror stories about immigrating um Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is going to take a long time. We're not doing the correct way. Like, we just need to be prepared that this is going to be difficult. Uh, you were comparing it to the the U.S. Yes. Uh, moving to the U.S., not moving to Europe. Yes. Paperwork. And he was saying, oh, no, it'll be fine. Spain never deports anybody. Uh, It's going to be really easy. Yeah. <laughs> just a few months we'll have it taken care of. Um, I think I was right. Oh, no. <laughs> it was easier than I expected, but I think it was also much more difficult than he expected. Okay. Um, but you didn't have to get married. No. That is like, I think it's um, more welcoming. Which would have been way more yeah. difficult because I would have needed to have an original copy of my birth certificate with the Hague Postille, you know, like things that I didn't bring with me because I didn't, I we weren't planning ahead for that. Yeah, of course. You were only planning to be there for six weeks or eight exactly. weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then even after, so we, we signed our paperwork for the Pareja de Hecho mm -hmm. and they told us it would be a month before we got our certificate in the mail. And it was four months. Oh, of course. And and then they said, get an appointment with the Office of International Affairs. So I spent probably like two months, like going to the website every single day, trying to get an appointment. And it kept saying like, no appointments available. And then finally, after a couple of months, I read the fine print on the website and it said, actually, you're more likely to get an appointment if you just email us. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I emailed and they gave me an appointment, but it was just like a random day that I couldn't go. So I emailed again asking for a new appointment and the new person answering that email said, actually, you don't have all the documents you need. And it... So I got some more documents and then I asked for another appointment. So it took probably another like eight months to get just get another appointment. Oh, God. You know, would you ever did you ever consider even like giving up? Because it sounds so complicated. I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I was pretty invested, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, what does giving up mean? Does it mean staying here with no visa forever? Does it mean leaving and having to pay fines when I leave the country oh, for having overstayed a visa? I didn't even think that. There's no option of giving yeah. up. I had to resolve this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm very fortunate that my partner was very understanding. Because like I'm not, I wasn't legally allowed to work. I wasn't sure. legally allowed to do a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very fortunate that we had the means that I didn't have to work for this time, and we, he could support me. And then also mm -hmm. that he would understand that I was going to be kind of stressed out, kind of depressed sometimes. For sure. Um, kind of floating around, not really able to do much, just waiting for the next appointment and the next appointment. So I, I'm really lucky that he was really understanding about uh -huh. it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But now everything is resolved. I got my visa in January and I got the official card in March. Okay, so, so now you... Now. 
Oh, oh yeah, it is just a month ago. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so did you start applying for jobs? So I've gotten a job. <laughs> the trouble is I've gotten really used to being able to be flexible now. Uh -huh. So like we adopted a dog who's a little bit difficult and needs a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. We've gotten really used to because he is also working from home now. Okay. And so we've gotten really used to like taking two weeks in the summer and renting like a vacation rental in northern Spain oh. and spending two weeks He's working from home, you know? Sounds lovely. Well, it means now I can't, like, I don't want to apply for normal jobs. Oh, because then you're stuck. To tie us down. <laughs> for sure. So I've gotten a job in the gig economy, which is not ideal because it pays very little and I have very little power of, like, negotiation or things like, mm -hmm. you know how the gig economy is where, um, but right now I'm doing translations and transcriptions for an online company. And I'm more or less in control of my hours and I get paid peanuts, but it's better than nothing, which is what I had for a long time. That must even yeah. feel like a fortune, right? <laughs> like, finally, you have your own. I mean, just even being, being able to buy groceries once in a while. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. It must feel great, though, even if it's just yes. a little. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I... I've got like some clothes that I've decided like, oh, this, I want a new summer dress, things like that. And yeah. So I'm saving and, uh, up my little, <laughs> my tiny little paychecks to buy my summer dress for myself now. Yeah. And then maybe you can appreciate it more. Yeah. Or just <laughs> be able to buy things for myself. Yeah, for sure. I totally get that. Like I've, I really miss that independence. Yeah, I totally get that. Now you did all this paperwork. Would you ever consider moving back? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so, because it must have been worth it. Well, so right now I'm on a five-year visa. Uh huh. And then after five years, if my partner and I are still together, then I can ask for permanent residence. Mm -hmm. um, and I presume that's what will happen. Like, I haven't gotten into this relationship presuming we're going to break up eventually. So that's... Yeah, for sure. You know. Um, yeah, I don't see myself going back unless something goes terribly, terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Is there something that you miss, though? Oh, yes. <laughs> I miss libraries, like public libraries that have books in English. Oh, I thought, like, don't they have libraries in Spain? Oh. Well, I... So before I was doing my temporary jobs and traveling around, I was a librarian. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and I read like some years, like at my at the height of my reading frenzy, I was reading like a hundred books a year. Okay, that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, but I was getting them from the public library, mm, and it sure, was you didn't you know, have to buy yeah. new books all of the time, all kinds of different thi different interesting yeah. things. And so now here I am, and I don't have as many English books, so I'm reading a lot more in Spanish. But I read more slowly. You you experience it differently, you know. And so yeah. I miss, I miss libraries with English books. <laughs> oh, that's, but that's nice to hear. Usually people say food or, I don't know, libraries. I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> that's nice. I like yeah. the libraries too, but. <laughs> well, the food culture here is much better than in America, I think. Yes, so I I'm think quite so. quite lucky that way. Yeah, yeah. So what, what do you like? Just about Spain in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah, um. What do I like? 
I like like terrace culture. I like how as soon as the weather starts getting nice, everyone goes out and sits out on terraces and has a beer and has conversations. People in Spain are very open. So we, and when we go with our dog, everybody wants to come over and say hello. And I talk to people all the time. Just people are very friendly (laughs) and we're all Mm -hmm. outside all the time. I like that too. That's what I miss. Um, Because in Germany, it's that too. You have all these beer gardens or terraces as well everywhere outside but here i don't know why it's not it's i don't know everything is i, I don't <laughs> even understand why why they don't have it here everything is arranged for cars <laughs> in the united states exactly, and exactly. cars are so loud yes. so being on a terrace isn't even pleasant i know because if they have one it's usually also close to a freeway <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> or like by a mall or a big parking lot and it's really yeah. hot from the yeah. asphalt. Yeah. Yeah. But you have more like pedestrian precinct style. Yeah, that's way better. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, wider wider sidewalks and taller buildings, so like a lot of shade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really pleasant to be outdoors here. Yeah. And how are summers like for you? But you're from Utah, so that's hot there too. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually pretty similar. Um, so Madrid is about the same latitude and altitude as my hometown, mm-hmm. and the weather is pretty similar. Um, I guess the difference is in the summer here, everybody leaves, and in my hometown in the summer, everybody goes there. Okay. Like, I, I used to live in the place where people went in the summertime, and now yeah. I'm in a place where they escape from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then eating out in Madrid or especially going to a terrace is a lot cheaper than it is in the United States as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more accessible. Like you go to a terrace, you order a beer, they give you some food. Usually it's quite good food too. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you know, spend an evening out and only spend a few dollars and it's just nice. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a nice life to have there. I guess there's a reason that so many people retire here. Oh, oh, that's true. Like a lot of Germans move there too when they retire. I, yes. Yeah, that's, that's right. That comes to my mind right now. And do you have like a lot of international friends or do you have a lot of friends from your partner? Yeah, mostly from my partner. How do you, how did you make friends? Yeah. We have some neighbors who are British, like retired British people who've moved here. Um, mm-hmm. but most of my friends, um, I, I met through my partner. He's a really, really social person and he's still friends with people from, okay from primary school, from high school, from university, from his first job. He's just got this huge network of friends. So he's originally from Madrid? He's from here and so are his parents, which is actually kind of uncommon. Okay. Um, because so many people move to Madrid. Mm-hmm. So it's very common for people to have at least one parent who's from the countryside somewhere yeah. like a place that they go back to visit that's yeah. not so so he's from here and so are his parents um and yeah he's got this huge network of friends just he works in um telecommunications uh okay so so lots of like really like cool people like really interesting like tech interested mm-hmm. generally internationally interested people and i've been really lucky to be able to make friends just through people that he knows 
Yeah, if he's a social person, that makes it easier, I think. We go to birthday parties probably once a month that are just these Mm -hmm. big parties with like 30 people. Oh, wow. That sounds fun. And he can usually introduce me to almost everybody, too. And he'll say, like, this is, you know, Maria Carmen, and she lived in England for eight years and went to university there. Um, And this is, you know, and just introduce me to a whole bunch of different people and tell me a lot about them, even people he hasn't seen in a long time. That's impressive. really, really, like socially yeah so I've been really lucky nice (laughs) well and just like oh you'll you'll like this person you have these things in common and just like introduces me in and gives me an in and it's really nice (laughs) yeah Um, I would say the people that I see socially on a regular basis are all Spaniards I don't really have Mm -hmm. any I don't have any American friends at all okay that that is fine you just (laughs) really um experienced the real Spanish culture. Well, I keep hearing from people there's like like 11,000 American expats living in Madrid, and I just don't know any of them, and I don't know where they are. I'm <laughs> sure hiding from you. <laughs> I'm sure there's like expat bars or something if I went looking for them, but I, I have no idea. It feels like you have a lot going on socially, so you don't have the need for it because you've already been taken care of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then his family is also very close. And so he's got siblings and nieces and nephews that like we see also on a pretty regular basis socially. So yeah, uh-huh. my, my schedule is pretty booked for somebody who just came okay. here. And how do people react to you when they um, hear that you're from America? Better than I would have expected, to be completely honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, like, because there's the stereotype of the ugly American and people think that Americans are rude. And I know I was very rude sometimes when I first got here because I just wasn't used to the culture. Um, Well, you sound really nice. I try. (laughs) (laughs) But people have been very, very welcoming. Mm -hmm. In Spain, there's this idea that if you really want to be able to compete in the job market, you have to speak English. And so a lot of people that I've met, especially working like in telecommunications, which is like a really international industry, um, they actually, a lot of the times, feel guilty that they don't speak English. Oh, so like, really? Yeah. Like, oh, sorry, I can't speak English, but it sounds like you've got your Spanish pretty good. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they're very, very, very nice. <laughs> That's good. Do you still have your, like, an, um, a ritual or something very American that you still do? <sighs> I mean, I feel like I stand out a lot just walking out in the streets because I dress differently. Uh-huh. Um, I eat at different hours. Like, yeah, American culture is very different. And there are things that you don't even think about. Yeah, uh, the Mediterranean countries, they eat late. You haven't decided to do a 10 p.m. dinner yet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to avoid it. I try to be in bed by 11, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> which, again, is not very common here. Um I don't know. Yeah, just by the way that I dress. Like, women in Spain wear dresses in in the summer, like, mm-hmm. almost universally. And I like to wear shorts, you know. Uh-huh. And so I feel like when I'm just walking down the street, everyone can see the American, you know. Okay. Because I'm wearing my my jean, my T-shirt and, and shorts. Like, I feel like in a lot of ways I do stand out. Mm-hmm. Do you just have a feeling about it? Or... Or or did they say um... to you, oh, yeah, you're the, you're the American, obviously. <laughs> Um, they don't 
say it to my face exactly, but people do, I think, presume that I'm a tourist a lot. Mm, okay. And like, like I have had people say things like right in front of me about me in Spanish, presuming that I don't speak Spanish. Oh, no, that's not nice. Well, I mean, unless they said something nice. <laughs> I mean, do people ever really say nice things about you when they think that? No, it, it was, well, one difference I've noticed between the United States and Spain is that I experienced a lot more street harassment in America than I do in Spain. Like men in general are a lot more respectful mm -hmm. to me. Um, but yeah, the times that people say things in Spanish, presuming I don't understand, are usually older men who are saying some pretty gross things. Oh, no. Ugh, gross. So that, that's what it is. It's the street harassment. Oh, okay. I don't know how much you want to get into that kind of thing. In yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to experience that. Well, I mean, it does happen everywhere, but less here than it ever happened to me before in my life. So At least that. Um, how did you get used to the siesta? Uh, by not participating in it. <laughs> <laughs> but I be, believe like shops and everything are closed. I mean, I don't know in the big cities, but... Even in the big city, well, it depends a little bit on the kind of places that you go. Like if you go to major grocery stores, like the big national things, they're probably open like all day long. Um, but like the little shops, yeah, around my house, I'll close. And yeah, for the first several months, I would go places at two o'clock in the afternoon because that's when I had time and they'd be closed um it just takes getting used to I guess yeah and are there other things that you still don't understand culturally probably more than siesta things like um everything's closed on Sunday mm -hmm. which in America we're a very like 24-7 around the clock mm -hmm. um kind of culture and so for me like Wait, even in Utah <laughs> I mean, more and more so, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. And here in Spain, like, and it's not just Sundays either. It's like Catholic holiday. Oh, man, Catholics. Oh, man. So the United States is a very Protestant country. And uh -huh. we like to pretend that we're not, um, that that religion doesn't have anything to do with public life, but it does. Oh, um, oh it does. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, it does. <laughs> And uh, in Spain, I feel like it's the, not the opposite exactly, but um, the people that I know don't go to church necessarily or they don't tell me about it, but Catholicism is everywhere, including public holidays and things like that. So mm -hmm. I'm taken by surprise, yeah, when things are closed on Sunday and then also just all of the many like saints days Catholic and holidays. Catholic holidays that things are closed yeah. and I'm completely yeah. unplugged. I have no idea. Yeah, because here everything's open unless it's Thanksgiving or Christmas. Yes. New Year's Day. Even New yeah. Year's Day, even. Yeah, that's true. Some are open, some are closed, yes. <laughs> or like my partner will remind me, oh, it's a, it's a holiday on Monday, so we need to make sure we go to the grocery store, you know, on Saturday. And then if I forget and I want to go to the grocery I'll still, sometimes, yeah, I'll still go to the grocery store on, on the Monday and it's closed. And it's not... I mean, I guess it's nice. Like, it's um, a sign that people are a little bit more chill, a little bit more, there's there's less 
like rushing around trying to be productive yeah. all the time mm-hmm. you know they take holidays yeah. and that's nice yeah i i mean we have that in germany too a lot of holidays not as many because it's more like mixed protestant and catholic and i feel mm. like so if there's like a state that is more catholic they will have more holidays mm. but i also i agree it's nice because people get a day off Yeah. And it's not about like being productive. Not It's not about the bottom line. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The grocery store doesn't have to make a profit even on holidays. Exactly. It's They not all close. about the profit. It's not all about <laughs> yeah. like money, money, money. Yeah. I think actually the first like three to six months were probably the easiest time because when I was having like learning experiences and I was having like uncomfortable interactions and I was putting my foot in it. Um, I was more patient with myself because I was like, Oh, I'm here in a new culture. I'm learning mm-hmm. new things. So like, it didn't really bother me as much then. I think after that, like up until now <laughs> when I, <laughs> yeah, when I have interactions, like cultural interactions that I'm not expecting or that, that are different, I'm more bothered now because I just feel like I'm not learning as okay. quickly as I like I've been here for two years and I still mess up so much so like uh-huh. the ones at first I don't really remember as much because they just like flew right past me because like oops I messed up but of course I do I'm new here but like yeah <sighs> and now the things that I do still <laughs> bother me a lot more <laughs> I think two years right it was 21 you moved Yes. So I think two years is still new, though. I think, yeah. like, people are forgiving. <laughs> well, I'm less patient with myself than I guess. Yeah, but I think people will be okay with it. I don't know. I guess in general I've been pretty lucky. Like, I haven't had, like, really uncomfortable or, like, really confrontational experiences with anybody. It's been, like, meh. You just got to be patient with yourself as these things go by. So, like, nothing is really sticking out to me as, like, an awkward situation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also like a good thing that nothing upsets you too much yeah or probably what upsets me the most actually is like when my partner and, and I are out and something does happen and I miss it it's like I've done something a bit rude and I, I don't notice because you know I don't and then we come back home and then he points it out to me like hey this happened and you shouldn't do that then I feel a lot more sensitive about it Because oh, it's both like sure. a cultural difference and also my partner is being critical. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to like, yeah, like maybe you were not aware of it even. <laughs> yeah. So like as the cultural differences aren't like us fighting as a couple, but sometimes they feel like it. So like mm-hmm. that, that is definitely trickier for me. Yeah. So, so sometimes you're being rude without even knowing it. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's just yeah. a different culture. Yeah. And he's not trying to be mean or like trying to, he's not scolding me exactly. He just is like, just so you know. So for next time. Like we time, don't do that. Or, right. Yeah. But sometimes I can be a bit sensitive and take it a little bit hard. Yeah. Which is probably not his intention. No. But then also for next time you, ne- you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> don't make that mistake again. No, exactly. no, no. <laughs> I guess that's like obviously going to be the challenge of being in an international couple though. Is Yeah, sure. Everybody comes from yeah. a different place. You got raised differently. You have different customs and different uh, practices, of course. Yeah. 
I guess it's perfectly normal. Thank you very much. Yes, this was my conversation with Benna. I wonder how long it will take her to fully acclimate to the Spanish culture, with that I mean so that her American behavior isn't taken as American rudeness. To me, Americans never really seem rude. They're always actually very friendly and polite. But I mean, I'm used to this culture and I'm also used to the German culture where they're not always very friendly and polite. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what a siesta is, it is like taking a break or a rest after lunch. So for example, shops close for a few hours in the afternoon so that people can escape from the heat, eat or take a nap if they want to. And the music was Spy Jazz from Search Corando. And you can always reach out to me via email on worldscollide123pod at gmail.com or find our Instagram account at worldscollidepodcast, just one word. I will also put in our show notes all this information as well as our email address. And I'm looking forward to our next episode next Thursday, as always. Bye-bye.